Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, this morning we are looking to start our week with some wisdom, some encouragement. And we're looking at Psalm 120, 121, 122, and 123 today. We're also going to read Ecclesiastes, and we're ready for chapter 5 in the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, these next few psalms, obviously I'm reading one, two, three, four psalms this morning. They're all really short. And actually, the next 15 psalms are short like this, and they all have an interesting title, which says, A Song of Degrees. Handful of them are written by an unknown writer, handful of them by David, some by Solomon. So the question is, is what is these what is a song of degrees? And if you go and you do your, do some research, it seems like the uh, standard thought is that it really means a song of ascent um, or a song of going up. And many believe that it's these were probably songs that were sung as people were going up or their way up to Jerusalem uh, for the feast, like the Feast of Trumpets, as an example. Uh, those sojourning feast, they would sing sing psalms and things of that nature as they as they journeyed to Jerusalem uh, for these feasts. So that's very likely. Uh, what these song of ascents are, or s- song of degrees, as it's translated here uh, in English. So we're going to read the first four of them. Psalm 120, 121, 22, and 23. And, uh, you know, one of the common themes that I noticed as I was kind of just pre-reading them real quickly here is uh, a lot of the, a lot of what's being asked of God in these psalms is for peace, or for mercy, or for grace, and uh, that's certainly the, something that's on my heart and mind uh, heavy uh, lately. You know, as the world gets a little more strange and a little more wild, and people get a little more wicked, and things unthinkable uh, develop around the world. Uh, we really are getting put, we're really finding ourselves in a position where we're coming to the realization, I should say. It's always been true. But when things get hard, we come to the realization, the reality of the fact that we're, we're at God's mercy. And He's the only one that can really provide. He's the only one that can really protect. He's the only one who can really avenge. And we need to recognize quickly our great need and dependency that we have for our Father in Heaven. So with that thought, let me read these four psalms to you. Open up your hearts and listen to what the Word of God has to say to you this morning. Let's begin. Psalm 120 In my distress... I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. 
What shall be given unto thee, or what shall be done unto thee, thou false tongue? Sharp arrows of the mighty, with coals of juniper. Woe is me that I sojourn in Mesek, that I dwell in the tents of Kedar. My soul hath long dwelt with him that hateth peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Psalm 121 I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon the right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out, thy coming in, from this time forth, even forevermore. Please note, you know, all the things I mentioned... uh, Beforehand, I didn't mention what this psalm clearly states over and over, and that is that the Lord is the one who preserves us. He keeps us. We should long to be under His wings of protection. He is our keeper. He never sleeps. We never have to worry that God has taken a nap and He's going to somehow be caught by surprise by the enemy. We can trust him. He is the keeper of our souls. He's the one who made heaven and earth, the psalmist says. He says, I'm going to lift up my eyes to the hills towards the want. Who am I going to depend on? Who am I going to put my trust in? The one who literally created all things. How big is God? But sometimes we make him small. He's the keeper. The Lord is the shade upon thy right hand. The Lord will preserve thee from all evil and preserve thy soul. Psalm 122, a song of degrees of David. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. Whither the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will not say, for my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, 
I will seek thy good. Psalm 123 Unto thee I lift up my eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of a servant look into the hand of their master, and as the eyes of a maiden into the hand of a mistress, so our eyes shall wait upon the Lord our God, until that he have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us. For we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with scorning of those that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. And that is our study in the Psalms this morning. There's always going to be those who are filled with pride, who are always scheming. There's always going to be people behind the corners in dark shadows waiting to, for oppor- their opportunist, waiting for their chance to steal, to stir up trouble. And when those times come, and they will, we lift up our eyes to him who dwells in the heavens. That's what the psalmist is saying in Psalm 123. Just like a servant is waiting on his master or a maiden waiting on her mistress, so we wait upon our God. And what we're waiting for is his grace and mercy. The psalmist says, Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy. Because we are exceedingly filled with contempt and our soul is exceedingly filled with scorning of those that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. All right. Let's move on to Ecclesiastes. Where he's continuously telling us how pointless so much of the things are in the world that we seek after. How they're vanity. How it only leads to vexation of spirit and it never satisfies. That was the main theme last week in in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Your eyes are never going to be satisfied. Once you get the thing, you're just going to want the next thing. Let's have a look. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth. Let not thy heart be hasty to utter anything before God, for God is in heaven, and thou is upon the earth. Therefore let thy words be few. Please note the first two verses. So much wisdom there. Lord, let this just pierce our hearts. Open up your hearts about this. 
Solomon is really big on this thought, and I embrace it. And I, I, can, I can just see how important this is, and I've, I'm trying to embrace it over the years in my own life more and more. And that is this. You don't always have to be heard. You don't always have to be sharing your thoughts and your opinions. More people could stand to, to close their mouths and listen. Instead of waiting for their opportunity to talk. We all know what it's like to be around that person who you can never get a word in. Like they just dominate the conversation. All day. All night. Why? Because they're not really interested in receiving wisdom or knowledge. They just want to be heard constantly. And in this context, it's, it's before God, not, just, not before people. It's like, it, the Sol- Solomon is saying, when you go into the house of God, be, be prepared to listen. Be prepared to hear rather than speak. Let me read those first two verses again and then we'll move forward. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not what they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth. Let not thy heart be hasty to utter anything before God, for God is in heaven, and thou art upon the earth. Therefore let thy words be few, for a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay for pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than thou shouldest vow and not pay. Please note what does Messiah tell us? Don't make the vows. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Solomon is saying something similar here. He's saying, don't, don't write a check you can't cash, basically, right? Like, don't tell God, I vow I'm going to do this, and then just, you'd be better off if you just didn't make the promise. And that's, this is something also I've learned in my own life, because I've seen over and over how I'll make a promise to God. I'll be, I'm not going to do this anymore. And then what happens? And so now, if I'm struggling with something or anything like that, I don't say, oh, I promise I'm not going to do this. I say, Lord, help me. Verse 6. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Neither say before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore, should God be angry at the voice, at thy voice and destroy the work of thy hands? For the multitude of dreams and many words are also diverse vanities. But fear thou God. If thou seest the oppression of the poor and violent perverting of judgment and justice in a province, marvel not at the matter. For he that is higher than the highest regardeth 
and there be higher than they. Moreover, the profit of the earth is for all. The king himself is served by the field. He that loveth silver shall be satisfied with silver. Let me start that over. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat a little or much. But the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. There is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely, riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. But those riches perish by evil travail. And he begetteth a son, and there is nothing in his hand. As he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return and go. And he came, and he shall take nothing to his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. Solomon's saying, you can't take it with you. Right? You come into this world naked, you're leaving this world that way. So stop trying to store up treasures here on earth. Verse 15. Or I'm sorry, verse 16. And this also is a sore evil, that in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit hath he that hath labored for the wind? All his days also he eateth in darkness, and he hath much sorrow and wrath with his sickness. Behold that which I have seen. It is good and calmly for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all of his labor, that he taketh unto the sun all the days of his life which God giveth him, for it is his portion. Every man also to whom hath to whom God hath given riches and wealth, and hath given him power to eat thereof, and to take his portion, and to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. For he shall not much remember the days of his life, because God answer him in the joy of his heart. So it almost sounds like a, a, a contradiction but what, Sol- what Solomon seems to be getting at here is storing up treasures for yourself. Like, you can't take it with you. It's pointless. It doesn't satisfy. The more your eyes desire, the more they want. You'll never satisfy the eyes. But on the flip side, it is good to eat and drink and enjoy the portion of your labor, right? Because that is your portion. I think what's also being said here is it's about contentment. This is certainly something I've struggled with in my life, that I have to pray for help. Be content with your portion. God is providing for you. He's taking care of you. Be content with your portion. Rejoice in the portion that you have been given. 
I pray that your hearts have been pierced this morning. Remember, set your eyes upon the one who created all things. Lift your eyes up to the hills, to him that dwelleth in heaven. Remember, he dwells in heaven, you dwell on earth. Wait upon his mercy. Let me read one, Psalm 123 for you one more time. It's only four verses to end this morning. Unto thee I lift up my eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look into the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden into the hand of her mistress, so our eyes will wait upon the Lord our God, until that he have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. Thank you for listening, friends. Thank you to those of you who support this podcast and make this possible. Thank you for your prayers. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.